Has anyone beaten Elden Ring? I feel like they gave press a week to beat it, and that seems impossible. Um, I know somehow they've confirmed there's a new game plus. Okay, but I mean, I don't I'm know sure if that people have beaten it. People are psychos. Beaten. Yeah, I don't know. I'm at the point where I'm like, even if they all map out all the items or whatever, where everything is, it's like I, I don't think I care. I think I'm gonna like roll with what I find. Yeah, and not try to uh, seek things out. It's so refreshing to have a new Souls game because I'm playing the Souls game the way I play everyone, which is you have a character who says yes to everything. Like right. someone asks you to join a covenant, say yes. Someone asks if they can hold you to give you a blessing of <laughs> whatever, yes. Jamie was there for that, and she's like, you're about to die. And I'm like, no, 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 this is it, the safe zone. It feels so ominous, and the hugging <laughs> animation takes so long. I thought it was I thought it was like going to be a say yes, and then in like, they, like in dialogue, the hug kind of just happened. Like... Early Dark Souls didn't have animations for these things, yeah. so you, you would do things through dialogue sometimes without any animation. I thought it was going to be that. And then the words disappear, and the slow the drawing in. slowest <laughs> animation of being gently hugged. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just incredible. It's so good. You remember... You're... You remember you're the mag dog now? <laughs> <laughs> you remember you're the mag dog now? Do you remember those? Absolutely. You're the mad I, dog now. You're the mad dog was, now. You're the mad dog now. You're the you're the you're the you're the man now dog. Was, That's what it is. Yeah. It was You're the mad think, now dog. You're I the man now dog. You can actually take you're the man now dog and draw an almost straight line to vine and tiktok oh yeah absolutely like i think that is where like repetitive short form internet humor was born and no one's talking about you're the man now dog no only the people who remember it no all this will be lost because no one's writing about it oh no we live like in an tears? ephemeral culture in rain we live in an ephemeral culture no yeah. one's gonna write about gaia online no one's gonna write about muds no one's i'm gonna write sure about people have written dog. about gaia online no one's gonna write about this i'm pretty sure people no have. one's gonna write about club penguin ragnarok online no club one's gonna talk what? about fucking second life no club, one's gonna club no one's gonna what? talk about anything no one's gonna talk club deli Borkin. what did you say club, club what club penguin Penguin? I know, it's how I pronounce it. Club Penguin? Once every two years, I have occasion to say the word penguin, and then people are like, oh, right, that's how, that's the fucked up way John says penguin. Penguin? <laughs> okay.
Happy Mardi Gras, everybody, and as all of the people back home say, Leve ba da da do day. And welcome back to Zero Credits. My name's Henry. And my name's Ho 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 by you, John. And together we're Henry and Ho Ho Ho, ho by you, John. Coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. I love the people of Louisiana, a place that I lived in and near for most of my life. Oh man, yeah, same. I grew up there, was born there, and uh, left there. And now wherever I go, it trails behind me like a shadow. Uh, by it, do you mean the cultural shadow of Louisiana or a gator? Both. <laughs> Every time you leave Louisiana, a gator, like in the movie Westworld, just starts following you. And it's walking. It never yeah. never moves faster than a walk. But, you know, if you stop, it is gaining on you. It's going to get you, yes. And, the, and it gets you in different ways each time. Uh, today it got me. And and just I, I was kind of blindsided, but this this person who I never talked to at work stopped by my office and said, "Hey, there's king cake in this office. Uh, if you want a slice." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's fine." Not ten minutes pass, and she shows up again and says, "Hey, did you get any of the king cake?" Mm. And I was like, "Well, no, I, I'm not really feeling it today. Like, I get the occasion, but I, you know, no thanks. But thank you for offering." And she kind of laughed and threw her hands up and said, you're from that part of the country, though. Okay, very funny. And I was like, well, yeah, that doesn't mean I automatically want king cake. <laughs> I think maybe she was expecting with the invitation of king cake that you'd like rise out of your chair, like smelling it on the wind and drift out of the door to the king cake. I would. Yeah. And I would automatically like adapt like a Cajun patois and just be like, oh, that's all you had to say. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, 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 sure. Oh, sure. That king cake. Yeah, it's all real good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, maybe that is what she expected. I, I don't know. Let me, I think you're equipped to answer this question, but uh, I've now been in Texas for almost five years, if not five years, I don't know. Uh, and every once in a while, people are like, oh, it's Mardi Gras. Here's a king cake. And uh, every time... That king cake has really sucked. Yeah. Am I wrong? Like, am I wrong that the You're king not wrong. cake here is just not good? You're not wrong at all. I don't know what they do to it, but it, it's usually just off just a little bit. Because I was I was really surprised my first year here when I was like, oh, the local grocery store, H-E-B, they've got king cakes for sale. Well, there's no way it can be any good, but let's try this. Of course. And it was just slightly off in ways I can't really describe and I was just like, oh, now I know I'll never get this again. It's interesting because you'd think, I think for, uh, I don't know that this is necessarily the case, but for a lot of places that have like famous baked goods, there's like a place that you go to for the famous baked goods. However, in my experience, if you want to like get a good king cake, you go to like the bakery at a specific sunflower or you go to like a yeah. gas station that happens to sell really good king cake. But so in New Orleans, there's always a tradition of like one of the one of the really famous restaurant families like your Randazzo's or something like that mm -hmm. or Rizzo's or, uh, you know, one of those bakeries. You'll get like your really, really good king cake and you got to mm -hmm. wait in line for it. But the secret 
of the New Orleans King Cake or just the surrounding area. Like the immediate, if you are within like two or three hours of New Orleans, pretty much any bakery you go to for King Cake will be good. I don't know why, but that's how it is. There's this incredible, I've tried to explain this to people for a long time, but there's like a very deeply powerful food aura around New Orleans. Yeah. That, uh, it defies explanation because you could, you know, go to Metairie or something and you can see a place on Strip Mall that's called like Wings and Cake. Right. And they're going to have some good king cake. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have great king cake. And then, I don't know, I've gone in a bunch of those places and gotten like, uh, like oysters and french fries and it's like some of the best food i've ever eaten in my entire life oh yeah yeah the real secret to new orleans fine dining is uh you avoid all of the places that you know or hear of yeah and you just you find like a little mom and pop shop for some reason it's empty in there even though it's rush hour lunch and you go in there and it'll be the best whatever you order that you've ever had you go to a place that you're not totally sure if it's a restaurant. There's like two or three tables and there's like a big counter, but you think it's like, it, it might be like a grocery store on the other side. You don't oh, really yeah. know. But yeah, I 100% oh, the, yeah. agree. The best restaurants in New Orleans are also like butcher shops. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a storefront, but also there, yeah, there's one or two tables and you're like, oh yeah, we'll cook you up something if you want. And you're like, yeah. oh well. We will sell you alligator tail, but we will right. also make you an incredible... Uh, shrimp po' boy. Yeah, it was a bit of a culture shock when uh, the first time I walked into a restaurant in a different place, and I'm like, well, where's the counter where you order the food to go? Like, you know, the the raw shrimp and, like, the raw ingredients that you could get cooked, you know, if you sit down, but you could also just take some for yourself to go cook up later. Like, where's that counter? Yeah, I we are totally in agreement. I think that there's, like, something very special happening with the food in Louisiana. I think it's just because uh, there's, you know... Not much else to do there, so you might yeah. as well get good at cooking. Yeah, there's there's not a lot going on, so you might as well learn to make the best fucking food on Earth. Yeah. Uh, all of that to say, the king cake, at least in the sample size of the three king cakes I've tried in Austin, Texas, uh, pretty bobo, pretty awful. Yeah, I we have a little uh, Cajun-inspired restaurant by us, or, or bar by us, and they special order king cakes every year just to have like a surplus that they can like sell and uh if we really wanted a good king kick would go to them but honestly uh my wife has started baking them herself i mean that's good. that's the way to do it like yeah. learn how to make a king cake because king cakes are not made from like phenomenally expensive ingredients no it's basically just a cinnamon roll i mean the toughest things to source are the purple and bright green sprinkles and the baby <laughs> Yes. You gotta you gotta source premium oh. <laughs> premium baby. That's one of the things I left out about I left out about the story from earlier was that this 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 nice lady went on and on about like it came with a baby, but I didn't put it in there. But apparently uh-huh. I didn't know this. Uh, apparently if you get the baby, you're like the <laughs> king or queen of, for the day. And I'm like, fucking no, you're not. What what is this bullshit? Mm-hmm. If you find the baby, you're providing the next king yeah, cake. That's absolutely. all it means. Yeah. Uh, here's here's an insane question for you. I We could talk about king cakes for this entire podcast, and we're fixing to. Yeah. Um, Welcome to King Cake Cast. What are your thoughts about king cake 
with beads in it or on it. N- no, no, not in it or on it. Maybe around it as like a garnish. It's like yeah. Like if you're if you're plating it really nicely, if you really want to do that, that's kind of going the extra mile. Um, but definitely nowhere in it. That is just gross. I've seen king cakes here where it looks like they laid beads on top and then poured frosting over the beads. No, no, no. And no. it's very silly. That's stupid. I don't want to be consuming anything that came in contact with Mardi Gras bead quality plastics. Yeah, yeah. I watched something earlier about like microplastics and I'm like, is that, are beads micro or macro plastics? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely macro plastics. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't think I ate any, but some did end up in my mouth <laughs> yeah. as a child, you know. Yeah. I was curious. They're shiny. They're shiny. There's a lot of them. They flow like... They flow like water down there. But king cakes here suck, but king cakes in general rule. And if anyone listening to this has the ability to make their own, highly recommend it. I think that uh, king cakes are like kind of a spectacle, but they are pretty delicious. They're great. They should be available year round. (laughs) We don't we don't have a lot of cinnamon forward kind of. No, we don't. And and not like super moist cakes. I just think king cakes are great. They're really good. Yeah. Also a big fan, and uh, I'm I'm sad to see the season go, but it was here for a while, so maybe it's just time. Yeah, I uh, maybe I'll make a king cake just for fun. But speaking of Mardi Gras, Henry, oh, what do you what what up, what's up, John? Actually, we were just speaking about Mardi Gras for. I just wanted an excuse to open my beverage. Oh, uh, I would open mine, but it's just a glass of water. Oh, you're drinking water tonight. Yeah, we don't have literally anything else. Dry January. <laughs> no, I mean, we've got beer, but I don't drink during the week anymore. Oh, that's it's fascinating because I am trying to do something similar, except today I am not. Yeah. Let me let me explain. Uh, my beer is a it's a honey bunch from Martin Ooh. House Brewing. It's imperial stout made with honey. 10% alcohol by volume, dark as night, and very sweet. Yeah, I saw the can, of, of the like of the can this past weekend. Uh, very interesting art on those cans. Uh, thank you. I've worked very hard on them. But uh, the uh, I, I would recommend you pick up some Honey Bunch. I think it's like micro-seasonal, so it's going to disappear pretty soon. Uh, plus, we're getting out of the time where the weather really supports you drinking like a super dark double stout. Yeah, I think I missed my opportunity to like get some stouts with my whole dry January into February thing, and then mm-hmm. so yeah, I just missed out on the season to drink stouts. But that's not going to stop me. Stout all stout year. Stout out. Twenty twenty stout. Twenty twenty stout. Yeah. Well, but I'm the S and be... the stout is a two, like twenty twenty two. But st- you, you you get it. Stout. <laughs> stout. Stout. I love slogans that kind of make you feel like you've had a brain a brain event, like brain damage. <laughs> a brain event. Uh, yes, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, however, I am drinking beer during the week because I have news of my Uh-oh. health. Is this a John Health update? J-H-U, baby. G- <laughs> John Hopkins University. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the, it's both. Uh, so I, I think this was, uh, unfortunately detailed on previous episodes of the podcast. I got a weird allergy thing going on. 
Uh, it's a uh, it's a bummer. I break out in hives trying to. You're figure allergic out to what peanuts, bro. You're gonna die, bro. Well, I thought I was allergic to something in my diet. So just so everyone's aware, when you get tested for allergies, they actually have to break it up into two appointments. The appointments begin with your doctor telling you, "Hey, we're going to have to give you a hundred and sixty different allergens, but we can only stick you eighty times in a day." So you have to come in twice. Uh, and in addition to that, your allergies might be caused by something we can't or don't test for, or we might have no idea why you have them and you might have them forever. Anyway, give us hundreds of dollars. Okay, bye. Yeah, it, it's such a very imprecise science. It is one of the least... Next to, like, uh, some sessions I've had with dermatologists, the least satisfying medical professionals I've talked to, because dermatologists, for the most part, like, throw things at a wall. Allergists are like, yeah, we don't know what we don't know. So, right. um, good luck. I do have a question. Yes. Do they stick you with all 80 needles at once, or is it one by one? Uh, thankfully, it's not one by one. They have... Uh, little rafts of needles that each have eight needles on them. So they... Oh, okay. Trigger warning for people who don't like needle stuff. They, like, put them in your back and then, like, shake them around a little <laughs> just to make sure it's, like, really in there. Ugh, so they do that ten times? They do that ten visit? times. Wow, that sounds not fun. It, it's not particularly fun. The first one was for uh, food allergens, and that one has, like, a really low false positive rate uh and a really low false negative rate so it's like the one you want to do first so you can figure out what you're actually allergic to so they did that and i'm not allergic to really anything except shrimp and i don't eat shrimp so we're good wow uh, how do you live i don't understand uh you know i'm just trying to live prawnless mm, no I think you're not really living. You gotta get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> I think if I got busy living, by your definition, I would get busy dying pretty quickly. Oh, we can amend the statement. Get busy, get busy living and get busy <laughs> and dying. get busy dying. Absolutely. Compound it. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, I have to take like a week off. And during that week, I can't take any antihistamines. So I'm really miserable and itchy for an entire week. Your, f your favorite. Uh, perfect. It's my favorite. And then they say, well, since it's going to be a week since we see you anyway, we're going to order a liver, kidney, thyroid panel to see if uh, your liver, kidney, or thyroid is damaged or failing. Uh, and here's a quick aside. Henry, my parents weren't anti-vax, to be clear. Okay. But they were poor and kind of ignorant about what a child needs in terms of, like, inoculations, how often they go to the doctor. After, like, the age of two, I really didn't go to the, the doctor until I was, like, 15 and had broken something. Oh, wow. Uh, so it turns out there was a whole bunch of, med of vaccinations I didn't receive in that oh. period of time. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, so when I went to college, when I was, like, 18, 19... Uh, when I enrolled, they're like, hey, you need proof of the MMR vaccine, measles, mumps, rubella. Uh, so I went to the health department to try to get my records, and they're like, oh no, you haven't been vaccinated against almost anything 
in 16 years. And there's a number of vaccines that you need uh, to be just like a regular walking around person. Right. And uh, one of those, well, I guess two of them were hepatitis A and hepatitis B, which hepatitis, like, if you don't know, causes scarring of the liver, liver failure. Hepatitis is really bad. Oh, no. We don't have a vaccine for hepatitis C, by the way. Right. But uh, for those two, I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is the health department. Just give me whatever vaccinations I need. Give them to me now. And they're like, well, we can give you the hepatitis one. But if you caught hepatitis at any point in the last 16 years, you're just going to have it forever. And if you have hepatitis A or B, it's really bad. (laughs) And I have a decent amount of, like, health anxiety, especially at that time. So I never, like, got it checked. Yeah, why would you? I never because I was like either I have either I have hepatitis or I don't. Yeah, no, I, I know I, I get I'm, it. I'm vaccinated against it, but yeah, I mean to to get to get it checked out is to invite the possibility that now you know you have it. I, yes, like I understand that from a young person's point of view, where it's like, well, I'm not in the hospital yet, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's also selfish because hepatitis is A and B are contagious. Oh um, wow, you're terrible. I know, uh, but I was so afraid of hearing like, hey, you've had this for 10 years, so you're going to die soon. Uh, health anxiety, it's a whole thing. Uh, so I've always had this like lingering fear in the back of my head that I have hepatitis and have had it for quite some time. Uh, but turns out my panels came back and my liver, kidney and thyroid are like great, great, like very good. Uh, so I don't have hepatitis, so I'm drinking. that's the only reason why you're drinking and listen it was a full liver panel and all of my stuff was even like lower in a good way than the than the like median ranges are so my liver processes all the stuff i put through it like a champ it deserves a reward it deserves more work it deserves a 10 percent alcohol by volume imperial Um. stout well, now you've got carte blanche now. Of all the things you've done to your body so far haven't hurt your liver, so there's no reason to hold back anymore. Absolutely. The Listen, this is like in Dragon Ball Z when Piccolo takes off the weighted clothing. Oh, no. I've, <laughs> had, I've had the weighted clothing of fear for my liver for the past 12 years, and now, now it's off. Yeah. I'm gonna go crazy. Mm. What a what a day to do it! You've got one day to really just get it all out on Mardi Gras, and now after that ends, you got to start living in moderation again. Damn it! I have to. What is it? Lent is that what it's about? Yeah, Lent is is what follows. But even for the non-followers, you can't live like it's Mardi Gras all the time. Yeah, I guess this will be this will be my Mardi Gras, and then every weekend will be like a little micro Mardi Gras, <laughs> micro Mardi Gras, and then you know special occasions, birthdays, birthdays of dogs, birthdays <laughs> of famous people, national holidays, national and unnational and unnatural holidays. <laughs> What's the opposite of a holiday? Um, I guess just a normal day. 
No, uh, what, okay. What's a day where you have to work extra hard? I feel like there's a spectrum, though, because like a normal day is just every day. Holidays are, are like celebrations. What's the opposite of a celebration? Oh, no. Like a death? Yeah, so you, a death well, day. At least if you get a death, you usually get the day off work. <laughs> you'll, yeah, so funerals, you know, you'll celebrate and... Oh, yeah. I mean, those are, like, sad, so I gotta celebrate then. Yeah, sad party. Whenever I'm near a body of water. (laughs) Whenever I'm really far away from a body of water to remind me of the water. Right. Wow. So, you know, just those times are when I'm really gonna let the the wheels off. Oh, yeah, if you just keep it to those, those times, then it's basically moderation. Yeah, that's temperance. Yeah, that's what that means. Uh, but I did not finish my allergy story because I have an answer for our dear fams. You're allergic to time. Yes. <laughs> have you ever seen the Justin Timberlake classic? Allergic uh, to in time? In time. <laughs> yes, it's uh, you suck time out of people, but you're allergic to it. Oh, um, cough, cough, so bad. <laughs> cough. I think in time's actually kind of a good movie. Oh, I just meant sucking up people's times and then coughing right after. Yeah, because you're allergic to it. I get it. Yeah. Oh, I never saw the movie. I think it's uh, one of the few movies that's like really made to have mass market appeal, but is a class narrative about how the rich are stealing the lives of the poor. Look, we all have the same 24 hours. Yeah, we all have the same 24 hours, except me, who takes your 24 hours away no, by no, we forcing all, you to work in my factories. We all have the same 24. You had your 24, and I now <laughs> yes. I have your 24. Yes, absolutely. There is a finite amount, and you. <laughs> we all have it, we all but have I have it. yours. Right. Absolutely. Uh, in time, what were we talking about? Oh, right. What my are you allergies. allergic to? Dust. Like in the wind? Dust mites, specifically. Uh, Are those... I don't know if that's different than dust. Is all dust just tiny dead dust mites? Are dust mites alive? Yeah, they're mites. Oh. I'm gonna have to look this up. Let's do this a dust versus dust mite. Let's see what happens. Dust is made up of many particles. The dust mite is much smaller and can leave behind more than a hundred thousand of its waste particles and a gram of dust, making it a main cause of allergy symptoms. Dust mites are microscopic insect-like pests that feed on dead human skin cells (laughs) (laughs) and thrive in warm, humid environments. Oh man, you gotta move to the cold, wet, wait, dry, cold, dry places. I gotta move to Alaska. Where it's the driest, wettest place. Yeah, so, uh, not, so, when they were testing it, they're like, oh, dust mites are, like, reacting, reacting. Like, apparently there is a, there's a scale out of, I think, 13 for your reaction, and mine was an 11. They're like, oh, this is for real. You are genuinely very allergic to dust mites. However, not allergic to cats, dogs, birds, lizards. Almost any kind of tree, I'm mildly allergic to ryegrass. But that could have been a false positive because I like barely reacted to it. 
Dust uh, mites, huh? But dust is really bad, which is not the best one to get, because, like, how the fuck do you control for that in your life? You get one of those little uh, vacuums. That you just vacuum your skin off with it? Robot vacuums. Oh, Roomba! And then also get tinier ones for every surface <laughs> in your home. <laughs> we we do have an allergy-specific vacuum cleaner, and uh, we did deep clean the house over the weekend, and then, like, everything cleared up, because of course it did. Uh, but it seems like the answer to this is the lamest thing imaginable, which is you get little plastic covers to put under your upholstery. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess so. But that would be uncomfortable and lame. Yeah. Although, I, I feel like now you can pull the ultimate power move, though. Oh? Anytime you visit somebody's house, you you go, you know, you walk up to a surface, kind of just run your finger along, you know, and, like, check for dust. But then say, like, look, now my skin's inflamed. <laughs> You gotta Honestly, do better. I I think I can finally become what I've always assumed people with allergies were, which is nitpicky assholes. <laughs> yeah, you'll become the nitpickiest. You'll be like, look, I'm allergic to dust. I'm going to need you to deep clean your house if I'm going to come over. I come over, I'm like, hey, do you have a high back mesh chair? <laughs> because this couch is full of mites. <laughs> <laughs> I can listen, you walk into I'm somebody's already house. breaking out. <laughs> you walk into somebody's house and like just take one look around and immediately like fish out your EpiPen and hand it to them. <laughs> and you're like, you're gonna need this for when I pass out because your house is so filthy. Your house is so filthy and so dusty, and I'm going to die here. I'm going to die here, but just jam this, you know, do it like you see in the TV shows, because I'm yeah. not gonna teach you how just to watch proper fiction. Yeah. Uh, and you know, not to, um, not to put too fine a point on it, but, uh, I did break out a little bit of your house, Henry. So, um. Wait, you did? Maybe clean up a little bit. No, no. way less, way less than I did at our house, to be no, fair. No, I'm not going to clean. In fact, I'm going to get more dust. Oh, no. I found <laughs> a way to cultivate keep... the mites. I found a way to keep you away. No. It's going to be like with for like a ring of silver for like demons or whatever. A ring of dust. <laughs> you just you. empty a vacuum bag in front of all of the doors. <laughs> yeah, but be like, ah, oh, we got to ward off the John. It's fascinating because I always listen. To be clear, I have never had an allergic reaction to anything ever. Uh, and I'm very low maintenance as far as like my worldly requirements go. So whenever I talk to people who are like, oh, I'm allergic to dust. I'm like, oh, you're a liar. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> you're a nitpicky liar. And now that I'm allergic to dust as punishment, like, oh, no, if I sit in dust for a long time, I look like a leper. Right. Uh, he also recommended nasal saline irrigation if i start like coughing and sneezing but like i don't want to run to the bathroom and bust out a neti pot <laughs> well you can just get the uh the um the nasal sprays oh true those are the trick just whatever whatever helps i hate yeah. that i have allergies hey man it happens to the worst of us and i am certainly the worst of us oh yeah yeah you too Oh no! You got a, you have allergies. 
Yeah, medical ones. I have medical allergies. What's your medical allergy? I'm allergic to dust mites. No, no, I mean I'm allergic to medicines, dude. Oh. I guess if there was a medicine made of dust mites, I would be allergic to it. You would be to allergic it. to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, a, a lot of med- med- medical allergies stem from being allergic to the, you know, the, the what are they called? The active ingredients, which are usually plant-based or, or fungal-based. You, uh, you allergic to penicillin? I am, yeah. Oh, that's a bad one to be allergic to. It's really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, allergic to any antibiotics? Not antibiotics, just some painkillers. Okay. I, um... Depending on the painkillers, that can also be a bummer. Uh, I was just remembering the time where I uh, had an injury in college and I didn't have insurance or money. So I just collected old expired antibiotics from friends and just took all of them. Uh, I was living my life in a specific way. Yeah, we've been there. Don't worry. Yeah, that Bactrim was good, though. Knocked it right out. Antibiotic. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the where the health story of me being allergic to dust goes, other than I'm miserable and I hate having additional needs. Well, I'm sorry to hear that that's happening to you, but uh, I don't know how to transition. <laughs> I was going to be mean, but I thought, eh. eh. I mean, there are way worse problems to have. I just have to take a Claritin. Like, it could be way oh, worse. Oh, wow. A Claritin? Oh, my God. Are you Are you going to be okay? I have such, I have, I have very weird trauma around like pills and habitually taking pills that I was yeah. talking to my allergist. And I was like, you know, I might, I could take a Claritin a day, but what if I have to take two Claritin? He's like, fucking who cares? Like <laughs> if it's an over the counter drug, what they tell you to take is about a fourth. Yeah at least of of a safe dose and the only reason we don't tell you to take more than four claritin a day is you might get a little sleepy yeah if anything's over the counter this is not actual medical advice but you could probably eat a bottle of it and still live well okay let's just draw the line to Listen, say if that, you take a oh bottle if you take a bottle of benadryl no and you take it all no you'll just die see the way. hat man people die that way John. okay don't take a bottle don't do was... a whole bottle of benadryl yeah just talk to your allergist about it yeah talk to but the hat man about a it. lot of those restrictions are yeah they're, they're more strict than they uh inherently need to be Mm-hmm. but then you get into the trouble like oh man i've been taking two ibuprofen my entire life and now it doesn't work as well better take three and it's like mm, that's a slippery slope right there there was a point where i was taking ibuprofen every day and i was up to like six tablets a day i was like i gotta stop yeah your endocrine system is not gonna like that yeah it was uh it was not good and now i just lift weights less frequently and need a physical therapist Wait, if you were if you were lifting weights and taking ibuprofen, you were doing it wrong. I mean, ibuprofen does, in fact, make it less like it does have a uh, counterintuitive effect on your ability to build strength and muscle mass. I can't, so like my dentist told me like if I have to take ibuprofen to not wear my retainer at night because it won't work. Oh no. 
So, like, ibuprofen is like the the stasis medicine. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it does not let you change. Yeah. If you're afraid of change, boy, do I have the <laughs> medication for you. Boy, do I have some little brown pills for you. <laughs> have you has this ever happened to you? <laughs> My body's changing. <laughs> does that mean if puberty starts to happen, you could it's... chase it away with ibuprofen? Uh, yeah, a couple of ibuprofen will knock that right out. <laughs> It'll knock that puberty right out, but every day. But every day, yeah. If you miss a dose, puberty happens like that. And then you can save up your puberty like a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> and unleash it all at once. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm 25, time to go through puberty. That would be such a baller move to, like, you confront your bully and, like, <laughs> do, like, a Dragon Ball Z power-up and unleash your puberty all at once. You're like, I haven't even shown you <laughs> half of my true power. And then you spit ibuprofen out of your mouth that you were about to take. Yeah, you grow you extremely hairy, one foot taller. Talk, talk about taking the weighted clothes off. Mm-hmm. He's spitting the ibuprofen out. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, all right. Well, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, very dumb. I'm allergic to dust. You're allergic to dust. Yes. Much like the characters in Philip Pullman's His Dark Material series. <laughs> Are they allergic to dust? No. <laughs> oh. Are dust we transitioning is... by way of Philip no, Pullman's no. Polar Bear? Dust, dust exists in that, but it's it's not the dust we know. It's it's like a um, best classified as a original sin energy. Fascinating. I said polar bear, but that's the golden compass. <laughs> I, it's I, the same authority. fucking Is same it? fucking yeah same Is fucking it? yeah same fucking theor- series, buddy. <laughs> I had no idea. Golden compass, subtle knife, amber spyglass. Those are the the dark materials. Oh, I should read those. I've heard they're good. Just watch um, the HBO show. Un- really? Is it good? I like the first season. We haven't watched the second. Maybe we we just started watching Vikings Valhalla, which let me tell you, uh, you ever watch the original Viking show on the History Channel? Oh, my dad did. I kept waiting for jokes. It's definitely a show for dads, but it's like uh, extensively well researched and pretty slow. Uh, and later seasons kind of suck. But like this Vikings Valhalla show is like they're just letting people do whatever. They just like go in with like totally dry accents. Some people sound Russian. Some people sound like they're from Norway. Some people just have American accents. Wow. It's ludicrous. Well, that might be worth checking out. I started watching Peacemaker. Is it good? I love. I I want John Cena to be happy in this world. Uh, so far, it's it's pretty good. Uh, the best part being the intro. The intro of each episode is just phenomenal. Apparently, James Gunn uh, fought for them to remove the ability to skip the intro of Peacemaker because he considers it uh, fundamental. It is, it is a work of art. If you skip the intro to Peacemaker, bad things will happen to you. It is it, a masterpiece. It's a tough sell to get Peacemaker to happen in my house because. Only one person in this house thinks that James Gunn's Suicide Squad was as much of a masterpiece as I do. Yeah, you I might think have that to, movie was great. You might have to do a solo solo journey through it. Solo Peacemaker. Solo Peacemaker. I just have to finish my solo third rewatch of Succession. <laughs> oh wow! I just can't stop. 
that also has a really good theme song but uh the theme song for peace the, the the intro of peacemaker is just you know i don't think there's a better one on television that's ever been done before you know maybe i'll try to convince allison to watch it at least make her watch the intro uh she likes john cena he's in it every episode he uh he was in that amy schumer movie and she's like he's a really good sport train wreck yeah yeah Love John Cena. Speaking of train wrecks, John. Speaking of John Cena. Uh, he's not a train wreck, but I was waiting for a clue to segue. Mm. Uh, the war. <laughs> Hold on. It's a okay. train wreck, right? Okay. You know, we're talking about um, Peacemaker. There's a lot of war stuff in there. No, no, no. I'm not going to pick this. I'm not going to pick this segue apart like a carrion creature. Train wrecks. Hmm. The Russian war effort specifically yes. is the train wreck. The special uh, military operation. So last week we made a uni- unilateral decision to not discuss uh, the UK. What we called at the time like the Ukraine situation, uh, which I'm glad we decided not to talk about it because the next day Russia decided to do a little invading. Yes. Little invasions um non-invasion so, special military operation we're not gonna talk about that yes. we're not talking about the military aspects because again i don't feel like we are equipped to handle it which by the way these military aspects grim really fascinating and heartening sometimes i i do think that we in america are kind of creating a narrative that makes us think that ukraine can win this thing they can't <laughs> Uh, not without it's fine uh i mean it's just, it's just I, I kind of annoying s- that we've like lin-manuel miranda the the conflict in ukraine like no dude they they need help i mean i would go so far as we shouldn't make any statements like so and so or such and such can or can't because again yes. saying things like that by us not good we're not gonna do that okay um Edit out what I said. I'm going to. Okay. But what I do want to talk about is uh, the the response. The response to Russia's actions and the response of the Ukraine sort of being successful in resisting those actions. That has created this cascading effect of just dogpiling on Russia. Mm. And it was very slow to start. It started, of course, with like some superpowers or like European unions putting some some sanctions on russia trying to like just stop them from uh being russia and uh but where it gets funny john is the internet the oh. internet started levying their own sanctions on on russia <laughs> and the first one might have dealt the the biggest blow to the russian morale because not long after it all came to light what russia was doing uh, a little local, uh, I don't, nothing's local on the internet. A little mom and pop website called Pornhub announced, <laughs> okay. announced that they were banning all Russian IPs from connecting to their site. Oh, so Pornhub just disappeared then? <laughs> yes. If you were in Russia trying to connect to Pornhub, uh, let's say that you were really stressed out about what your country was doing, uh, mm-hmm. you could not get through. That's, you know, I I think that the uh, political lever that Pornhub holds 
is terrifying. And, and they, this, and actually, I, I don't know how to talk about this. Like, it, 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 seemingly, it's just like, whoa, this is weird. Because this is the first time the internet is getting involved. Like, mm-hmm. the U.S. Arrated, arrated? The U.S. invaded Iraq and, like, nobody on the internet really responded in a way that was like, oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to ban the U.S. from going to our site, stuff like that. This is the first time where, like, the world is like, oh, no, this is black and white. Uh, we don't like Russia. Everyone, let's let's pull access from Russia. Pornhub was first. And then everyone just started dogpiling on top. Mm-hmm. Before you knew it, Twitch and OnlyFans also blocked Russia access. Uh, and just more and more sites just kept piling on, piling on. And these were paired with like actual helpful sanctions, like the um, Russia being cut off from SWIFT and the U.S. levying um, sanctions on Russian oil, things like that. Things that would actually hurt Russia's economy more so than like websites. But then it gets stupid, John. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm certain it does. I can't stop thinking about the Pornhub thing, but please. I'll please, please. circle back. What, what, no, what do you no, want no. to talk it's, about? It's just interesting to me because, like, I don't know, it, anyone who... Uh, anyone who knows anything about, like, the politics of modern pornography knows that, like, uh, Russian influence is, like, not good. There's a lot of really unsavory stuff about the way that Russia, like, produces and consumes pornography uh, that's really bad. Uh, so maybe it's good. Maybe this should keep happening. I don't know. Okay. I didn't know any of that. I just, it was a funny hot, hot uh, headline to me. It, it's funny. Listen to the Butterfly Effect podcast. Okay. I'll check them out. But uh, yeah, so like after, or, or in the midst of all these very helpful sanctions of, of different, even, even Switzerland breaking their 207 year uh, historic neutrality to also freeze uh, sanctioned Russian assets. And that was like historically huge in the midst of all this history making and sanctions levied by all these people on the sidelines, a little movie studio called WB. Maybe you've heard Mm. of them. Oh, the makers of space jam for a new age or whatever it's called. Yes. A new legacy. Uh, the, the makers of WB announced, and I believe they were the first, the first one of these, they announced that they, would not be releasing the Batman in Russia <laughs> in support okay. of Ukraine. Okay. You know, I can kind of see it. I, I think that Russians like Batman. I think that there's something about Batman that might that might appeal to them. But uh what a weird milk toast response. Yeah. I guess I guess you pull whatever levers you can and the Batman kind of objectively <laughs> Yeah, it, it's sure. ridiculous by the way the state of the world right now where we're talking about the the scope of ramifications of like a major war in europe and we're yeah. being like well the batman as a lever of political power makes sense because right right in an age where there are more there there everything there's so many more serious topics we could be talking about WB pulls this stunt and you know, you know, there's a bunch of executives in an office saying, look, 
the Batman comes out this week. We've marketed what we could do so far. This war thing is really going to put a damper on our Batman release. Yeah. How do we how do we twist this? Oh, I know. How do we make people feel good about the Batman and create a hardline stance about what's right. happening? It looks like the internet buzz is like, oh, pro-Ukraine. I know <laughs> what we'll do. <laughs> Let's not release because we can't get into the country anyway. Yeah. Let's not release our Batman movie in Russia and then just put in like, we support Ukraine in the message uh, and then that'll do it. Let's make a big show out of it too. Right. It it's so silly because here's the thing that that not a lot of people talk about. Um, and this is something that I I feel skirts the line between talking about what we're talking about and the actual like military operations in Ukraine is uh, so sanctions. Right. Sanctions are what everyone's doing, and by everyone. I mean, a lot of people, European nations, but especially us, sanctioning both Russia and Putin and members of the Russian oligarchy directly. Sanctions are a really vicious form of modern economic warfare that people just kind of seem to think are like innocently punitive. Like, oh, country does bad thing. We sanction them in this way. Like we brought we block them out of like zell or we block them out of swift or we keep them from executing x y or z transaction at a global scale uh we sanction their oil we we levy sanctions against them this is devastating to a population it it leads to people starving and russia has been in the midst of a, a massive economic crisis due to the sanctions that we levied against them in 2014 and the sanctions are only heating up sanctions kill people as effectively as warfare by sanctioning a a country you are effectively declaring economic war on them but depriving them of the batman (laughs) right is far worse never mind that in the midst of all the sanctions that we mentioned uh, you know swift and and other ones and their purpose never mind the fact that the russian economy uh, has been just slashed into tiny little pieces uh, the ruple, the Russian currency, is worth less than a Roblox buck. Yes. So never mind a the roble. fact that, a roble. Never mind the fact that WB wouldn't stand to gain much anyway because no one possibly could afford to see the movie since ruples are now almost worthless. Uh, yeah, depriving those people of the Batman, man, what a, what a blow. Wow. What a stance, WB. Absolutely. Really taking the hard line. You know, not, we're not going to get into the geopolitics of it, but like people aren't seeing this through the lens of like Russia has been in a massive economic catastrophe for the, for the past eight years. Uh, and the fact that companies like wb now can swoop in and be like we're part of it too right exactly we're doing our part and and i honestly thought when it was announced like the internet sort of dunked on wb for the move but it didn't stop others from following suit oh boy disney has announced that they are pausing all theatrical releases in russia as well oh my god is russia not gonna get moon knight I guess not. That's more of a digital release. 
Is Russia not going to get Cruella too? <laughs> Probably not. Oh boy, uh, that's huge. Uh, I mean, you know, if if we can get over ourselves for a second and admit that, like, the levers that media companies hold, there's really no more powerful one of those than Disney, right? Which will make the follow up to this feel like just more drops in the bucket. Because uh, Paramount also is halting the release of something called The Lost City. Okay. And oh, Sonic... that's a Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum vehicle, I think. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Alamo season pass got unpaused, so I'm, I'm going to movies and seeing trailers. We're seeing a movie I've never heard of this weekend. It's going to be great. Nice. Uh, Studio 666? No. Um, Cyrano? Never heard Cyrano. of it. Cyrano. Oh, Cyrano with Peter Dinklage. Yeah, we're seeing that. Cyrano anyway. de Bergerac. Anyway. But yes, uh, Paramount is halting the release of The Lost City and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in Russia. <laughs> okay. And I mean, after that, you don't get the Batman. You don't get any Disney movies. You don't even get Sonic How could it possibly 2. get worse? Oh, no. We don't get Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Right. Like, man, if I'm a Russian citizen right now. I am fuming at Putin for doing this and taking away. Imagine, because Batman's huge, right? Yeah, Batman's, Batman's huge, especially in Russia. A huge international like thing. Imagine you've been waiting forever to see this Batman movie, and now WB announces that your country is bad, and you don't get to see the Batman now. I think that would change my opinion on the military action. I mean, just put yourself in the mind of the average Russian. Like, Batman's coming out. Batman is a character beloved across the world, and I would imagine, especially in Russia, don't ask me to pin down why. Uh, and he's he's being played by Robert Pattinson, yeah. who was in Twilight, which was a series of movies about pale people being mad at other pale people. It speaks directly to you exactly. as a Russian. Yeah. This is this is perfect. And then I, I like to imagine a, a meeting where they're like, OK, everyone else has come out with a hardline stance. WB is not putting out the Batman. Disney's not doing theatrical. What can we at Paramount do? <laughs> can we in Russia change it from Paramount plus to Paramount minus? <laughs> Is that enough? Is would that be enough to Is make that our a, stance clear? Can we change our logo to be yellow and blue to show that we stand with Ukraine and call it Paramount Minus? Is that all? We're we're gonna have to give up Sonic the Hedgehog, aren't we? No. <laughs> Wait, isn't this? Isn't Sonic the Hedgehog two the introduction of Miles, Tails, Prower, and Knuckles the Echidna? Exactly. Yeah. So, blue, Sonic, yellow, tails, blue and yellow, stand with Ukraine. Oh my god. Oh my god, if Paramount puts out promotional materials. Oh no, I don't want to see this. (laughs) Oh no. Uh, They have to be flipped, though, because the blue is supposed to be the sky over the waves of green. Yeah. So, Sonic has to be in the air over tails. Yeah, Sonic is jumping over tails. Yeah. And under it, we it says, we stand with Ukraine. And then under that, it says, featuring Idris Elba. <laughs> 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 oh, 
<laughs> oh man, oh, yeah. That that that's that's the poster. That's it. That's it. We're doing Paramount's work for them. We so, should get paid ten million dollars <laughs> a year and then get fired for sharing a racist meme. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so your movies got taken all away. If you're a Russian citizen, you're like, oh man, that really sucks. But I'm not going to change my military opinions quite yet. Mm. So I just I won't be able to watch movies. I guess I'll turn to sports. Yeah, gotta watch. My favorite sports. I got to watch my soccer. Oh, wait. FIFA and the other soccer organization uh, just pulled all of their games out of Russia. Okay, Mm. so I can't watch soccer. That's okay. I'm really into Formula One racing. Oh, Um, that one's this one genuinely huge, actually. Yeah, and they would never pull out. They're too big in Russia to pull. Oh, F1 Formula One racing just pulled all of their races and events out of Russia. So this is not a lot of people talk about this one because, like, in America, we don't give a shit about F1. Yeah, that's huge. Like major humanitarian crises have not stopped F1 from having races in those countries before. Like this is this is pretty big because those races bring millions upon millions of dollars to these countries. See, I think these are actually better for pulling them because it's not giving like you're actually pulling monetary support away absolutely from, from the country the movies i like to joke about because like really you're not doing anything you're, you're, that, that's not you're not affecting the effort at all it, it's just grandstanding or lip service it, it's not you're not affecting anything either way. <laughs> yeah, you're just saying we're willing to accept less profit. Whereas an organization like FIFA, which fuck FIFA, or right. F1, which fuck F1, is saying like we are eschewing profit and we are taking money away from this country by not hosting right. an F1 Grand Prix in Russia. Yeah, so this is the one I should have started with because this is the one that's actually like achieving something, which is like, hey... This will mean less money in the economy to buy things for the military operation. Which, to be clear, once again, fuck FIFA and fuck F1. Both of those organizations suck, but at least they're doing something right here. All right, so I can't go to the movies because no movies are coming out. I can't watch my sports because my sports aren't playing here. Yeah, can't go and see Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, is he a driver? Yeah. Can't Even... see Sebast- Sebastian Vettel, F1 driver. Okay. That, are we just going to list F1 drivers now? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay. We, can, we can move on. All right, cool. <laughs> I can't do any of these. You know what? I'm so fired up. I'm going to do a sport. I'm going to do either ice skating, skiing, basketball, or track and field. Oh, wait. Russia, which is banned from international ice skating, skiing, basketball. And track competitions. Oh, no. Well, I mean, if the last time they were banned from a major sporting event is any indication, they'll just come back as the Russian Athletic Committee. Right. And cheat again. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, the point I want to make, though, is other than FIFA and F1 pulling out and actually hurting the economy, all of these other moves, you're not hurting Russia, more so you're hurting Russians. Yeah. And there's a there's a really big difference between the two. Because, like, not all Russians are on board 
with the military actions that their country are, are um, conducting. Uh, and that's evident by the, the protests that are happening throughout Russia, anti-war protests, anti-Putin protests that are happening. So like hurting the people of Russia, I, I guess might have some effect on around, but you might be hurting a, emotionally hurting or, or um, not physically hurting, but like you're affecting a lot of innocent bystanders. I mean, with, with sanctions, you are materially hurting Russian citizens. Yeah. I want to be clear. Like I've taken part in some protests and some larger protests. And I'd like to think that a lot of people listening to this have done the same, but we stand to benefit from living in a country that has protest in its ethos. Like, you know, you can be shot or whatever at a protest sometimes or thrown in a van, but that's an outlier. But like millions of people turned out into the streets to protest the special military operation in Ukraine. And in Russia, that's real bravery. Oh, yes. Because in, in America, you're like, oh, well, they can't arrest all of us. But in Russia, they arrest all of you. They arrest all of you. They also uh, fire indiscriminately into crowds. Like, it's awful. It's, it's really brave. And I think we unfortunately ended up with this notion post the Trump presidency that like Russians like Putin. And that's not really the case. He, he's pretty unpopular. Uh, and mo I'd say Russians don't want this war and sanctions hurt Russians and you're hurting Russian people by depriving them of things. And yes, I think you're grandstanding and you're making a point, but I don't think you're actually like, contributing right no I, I, absolutely i agree at some point <laughs> it's like wait are you actually do you think you're actually helping or you're trying to get like social clout by by changing your profile colors to a rainbow flag during great gay pride month yeah it's all like black squares during yeah. the george floyd protests it's it's like, what are you actually contributing other than signaling to I when all this stuff started, I balked very hard at this idea of virtue signaling. I thought, like, as long as someone's heart is in the right place, they're making a difference. I don't know that I think that anymore. Well, I think for people without power, for the for like the individual who doesn't stand to gain anything by showing support, I think absolutely I encourage that because yes. that can show. Ukrainians who are going through the darkest time in their lives, if they check like sites they like going to and they see a lot of support, like that can, like Pornhub, that can help immensely with um, this this intangible thing we call like morale and the spirit. Yes, and hope. You know th these intangibles that are absolutely necessary to weather dark times. Um, so like, I think if you're an individual and I think if you are an end, wow, I cannot speak. If you are a person, an individual and, and you want to show your support, I absolutely encourage you to do so. However, if you are a multi-million dollar corporation that makes movies, I think it's time for you to shut the fuck up. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I think maybe it wasn't clear in my original statement. I don't, 
a balk at the idea of virtue signaling at an individual level, but it's the people who actually have like levers of power doing things that just for the sake of like visual activism. Uh, right. That's silly to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, just don't just, I, it, you have every reason and excuse right now to say nothing and to go under the radar. It's not like after this is all said and done, no matter the result, it's not like we're going to be like, hey, wait a second. What did WFB think about all of this? Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm not going to go to the Batman now because they didn't come out and take a stance. And I mean, if you are the kind of person who thinks that you should be forgotten, <laughs> like you shouldn't right. be considered, uh, you know. In all things, I turn back to the ancient Twitter meme of Silence Brand. Uh, you've seen that? It's like a skeleton spider. <laughs> it's a Silence Brand. Uh, it sounds awesome. I'm just going to type in Silence Brand real quick and see what pops up. Oh, it, skeleton spider. Yeah, it's just posted in response to brands trying to have activism. <laughs> oh, God. Silence Brand. <laughs> uh, yes. But, Henry, I do think you are missing a very critical player in oh, this this corporate activism I was, for Ukraine. I was saving my what I oh, thought was please. the best for last. Oh, please, please. It's not really quite in the same vein, but I do think this is the most devastating thing to happen in the past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the International, now don't get ahead of me here. The International Taekwondo Organization, John. Oh my God. I think they've let They the- don't wake up for anything. The International Taekwondo Association has been silent for the last 50 years. If you've raised their ire... Don't get ahead of me, John. I think this is the most... This is the gravest thing to have. No, okay. <laughs> but this is the heaviest sanction to be levied against Russia. Yes. Uh, because this organization of international Taekwondo professionals revoked vet Vladimir Putin's black belt. It's it's just so sad. He can't judo hip toss 12-year-olds anymore. Not legally. Not legally, not within the eyes of the International Taekwondo Association. Yeah, and honestly, I really feel like this is really going to hurt his chances with the ladies. Yeah, because he can know, I mean, I lean very heavily on the, I am a brown belt in karate. (laughs) Yeah, it's the classic move. You're going out to the bar, you know, you tie your belt around your bar outfit uh-huh because you know of what we all call it when we go out our bar yeah. outfit, <laughs> our bar outfit. <laughs> and then you're you know you the classic move you walk up to you know the prospect a lady if you will and you uh just like brush your hand against theirs and be like hey you just touch lethal weapons. <laughs> These are considered lethal weapons by the International Taekwondo Association. It's like, wait a second, is that true? And she takes out her phone and she Googles it and she's like, wait, no, they revoked. You're just a phony. Well, here's the problem, Henry, is that when the International Taekwondo Association revokes the black belt, they do it physically. Oh, no. They, they, send, they send seven of their highest trained <laughs> enthusiasts or, or professionals in the night. And if you, 
They just beat you into submission and take your belt. Seven men in masquerade masks and scarlet geese showed up to Vladimir Putin's office. And like his security forces in the Kremlin, they're like, should we stop? He's like, no, I know what's about to happen. He sent everyone home so they wouldn't see them take his black belt away. Yeah. If you resist at all, like they just crush you like a like a bug. Yeah, but usually when this happens, it, the belt is surrendered uh, without without uh, resistance. Yeah, uh, but if, if you resist them taking the belt, they evaporate you. Right. With they hit you with a hip toss so hard you turn into mist. Yeah, they, they hip toss a, a child at you. <laughs> yes. And then the, the child is fine, but you the turn class- into mist. The classic Taekwondo style of using children as weapons. Yes, it is the uh, the International Taekwondo Association King's Guard appears to take your black belt away. Yeah. Is this the one that you meant that you were going to bring up? No, I am actually talking about the greatest uh, act of corporate activism of all. Okay. Um, and I will just read verbatim from the Instagram post because I, honestly, I might get a little choked up. Just to let you know. All right. Well, yeah, do it. Uh, In light of the loss of life in Ukraine and the uncertainty around the recent events in Europe, we will postpone the kickoff of our 70 years of great Weber grilling anniversary celebration, which was planned to start today. We'll share an update in the coming days. We appreciate your understanding. Oh my god. Weber Grilling was on it. That was like the day this went down the line. Listen, we can't start the 70 years of Weber Grilling. Great <laughs> Weber Grilling celebration today. Oh, it's no. too somber. Oh, that's wow. <laughs> At least their thoughts are I, It's actually being respectful, so I, I, I'm kind of okay with it. I just think it's funny that they name-dropped their event. They're like, hey, for everyone out there who's really right. excited for a 70 years of great Weber grilling, we can't do it. We can't. We just can't bring ourselves to do it today. And we're sending an elite team of highly trained <laughs> U.S. operatives to remove every Weber grill from Russia. Yes, we are sending seven taekwondo trained it's all just the same seven people (laughs) it's the same seven yeah man i would read a comic book about these seven (laughs) taekwondo masters they don't even have names they're just their names are just their numbers right exactly because yeah they've been trained by the deep state for years and one is the toughest and the scariest no one knows what one's face looks like did you see the really really bad russia take (laughs) <laughs> there are a lot of those out there oh man I, i'm trying to find it but there was just one really egregious like the day this is all unfolding oh uh, are you talking about the actress no 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 Actor, this was def- rather definitely a brand and i really wish i could find it so i could like really put them on blast but it we, was like uh, a, it was a tweet that said uh russia invaded ukraine today there's nothing you can do about it so why not try one of our products? What? Yeah, I really wish I could find it. I would love to know what brand that is. I'll, I'm, I'll try to find it. Uh, it looks like I've been trying and I'm not sure we'll have any luck. 
Yeah. Man, remember when Russia invaded Georgia? No. You know, not a lot of people remember Russia's various invasions since 2008. I, I know they've, like, they've been slowly sort of uh, taking over, like, small areas like Belarus and stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been, they've been, they've been doing this for a while. And also, this, like, quote-unquote war in Ukraine has been happening since 2014. Just, right. you know. Well, yeah, if you remember, we impeached the previous president for denying, like, relief support, relief mm-hmm. that were that had already been approved to go to Ukraine. Yes. For, for Russian military things that had been happening. I, I do hope that one downstream effect of this truly awful thing that's happening is that in future elec- elections, we don't elect a weird, obsequious... Uh, a person who's weirdly obsequious to Russia for no reason, other than the fact that they admire thuggery. Yeah. Did Did you happen to see the uh, the the ex Texan who was like in Russia fighting with, helping out the Russian troops? No. And, like, tweeting it all. It's terrible. Where are they from? Fort Worth. Uh, Austin. Really. Yeah, but they've been in Russia since 2014, so like they're basically an expat at this point. Yeah, I just don't know how they could bring all over all these Austin good vibes. In 2014, it was pretty nice, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. They're like, I hate the permissive culture at Barton Springs, so I'm going to go to Russia. That's probably what did it. They're like, I can't stand the fact that some people can be topless here. I'm going to go fire a javelin missile launcher at a village. Oh, it's... There's a lot of stupid things coming out in the woodwork, for sure. I mean, you know, there's... There's only so much we can say about it. Yeah. I really wish I could find that brand. It was, like, everywhere... We'll we'll find it for next episode. No, we won't. <laughs> okay. I mean, we just we never find anything. We we find things sometimes, but we never follow up on them. Yeah. What if I do this instead? Mm. This isn't good for radio, buddy. It's not. It's radio poison. It's radio poison. I can't, like, bad take isn't even something that pops up on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I tried. Listen, you're okay. No. I drank two of... of these 10% beers, so I'm good. You're good. Well, I think uh, to wrap up our our little, the, the only talk that we'll probably have about this war I think to wrap up, just I want to give a round of applause, a hats off to to Ukraine President Zelensky, because um, the more I learn about this guy, the more it's just like holy shit. <laughs> yeah, this guy is. I mean, I I don't want to like yassify him or whatever, but he's right. a genuine badass. Genuine, yeah. He he was a comedian turned actor turned president of a country. Yeah. Who Which you know in, can't can't be all good. Actors are the right. scum of the earth. 
Right. But he starred in a series about like a person who was sort of erroneously elected to president. And then he recreated the sitcom in real life. But now he's like doing good for his country. It's just like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I would caution anyone reading narratives about it to be like, oh, this guy seems like a badass. They'll be okay. Right. No, no. He, he's yeah. definitely doing his best in a bad situation, but by no means is this over or anything. Yeah. Um, but I think that my favorite thing that I've learned about this man in the past week is that he is the Ukrainian voice of Paddington the Bear. Yes. Oh, so, my God. Wait, he for Paddington and Paddington 2? Yeah. Wow. So he is in the best movie ever made. Yes. And he, he is absolutely in the best movie ever made Paddington 2. So we currently have a unique moment in the zeitgeist in which someone who is a comedian turned actor turned president is fighting against president. Yeah, but yeah, he's a president. President. Yeah. Uh, Comedian turned actor turned president is fighting against a massive entrenched oligarchical force. And also he is in the only movie that's better than Citizen Kane. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you just can't beat it. You can't beat that narrative. No. Yeah, a lot of people because uh, there's some, you know, talks of Ukraine joining the joining the European Union. And so a bunch of people were splicing together clips of an, um, a joke from the sitcom where, quote, Angela Mark Merkel, unquote, calls him, the president of Ukraine, to welcome them to the EU. And he's like, oh, great. This will be great for all the Ukrainians. And then the Angela Merkel character on the phone goes, wait, Ukrainians? <laughs> oh, no. I was supposed to call Montenegro. Amazing. And they're splicing that clip with the standing ovation he he got when his he popped up on the screen, for, uh, in the European Union meeting, and it's just like yeah, that's that's pretty surreal. That's yeah, it's this is can't you can't I, write that. <laughs> I did not even know these facts about him, and it feels like a fever dream. Oh yeah, it's it's insane. Like any other politician, like a career politician would be like, I need to be protected because I got to make the decisions. And he's like, no, I, I'm on the front lines. Like I'm staying here to protect, you know, the city. What, where, where am I supposed to go if not here? Like just, just phenomenal leadership from a man who did stand up. <laughs> like, yes. Who is a stand up renowned cowards. <laughs> yes. And it's like, any American stand-up comedian, I could not picture in his place. There, none of them are brave enough. I feel like uh, it, it's a unique mix because he's just quippy enough to like really get to Americans. Oh yeah, like Americans love a person who's out there on their own and can still like say something pretty badass. Like, I don't need a ride; I need ammunition. Oh yeah, we love Absolutely. it. Absolutely, we people love have it. been quoting that for every every which way. Yeah, for it's it's amazing. Yeah, we love it, but uh, you know, be careful. I hope the best for them. Yep. I mean, look, if he dies, he becomes a martyr, and then 
It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. What can I say? But it's great. What can I stay? What can I stay? Oh. Anyway, all of that to say is even the worst takes by brands are better than the weird takes that came out from U.S. politicians that said, look, if Ukraine put down their arms, there'd be no war. <laughs> Listen, if they the just only... gave up on democracy, <laughs> I, I love that these takes are coming from the same people who have the bad guy with a gun philosophy, right? If they just lay down their arms. A lot of people wouldn't have to die. It's like, okay, Listen, shut up. I, I build my entire brand based off of the idea that if someone tried to take my uh, ranch in Bastrop or West Texas or whatever, I would use all of my 15 AR-15s and I would shoot them and my family would die and they would die and I will die for my freedom. But if the Ukrainians just laid down their arms, no one would have to die. It's right. almost like these people have a poisonous belief that they're the heroes in their own story. But if they see anyone else uh, actually trying to fight for their freedom, uh, they think that they are uh, throwing a wrench in a well-crafted machine. It's almost as though like when Ukraine resisted the initial wave of attack of this special military operation and the Russian economy started falling, falling, falling. I'll I repeated myself for emphasis. <laughs> uh, and then all the sanctions got levied against them, and there was no way for those sweet, sweet Russia bucks to make all their way all the way to, to politicians' pockets. It's almost when, as if when that started, people were like, look, if Ukraine just gave up now, I, mean, I could you know, still get paid. There, there has been a marked decrease in the number of tweets that are critical of President Joe Biden during this time. What does it mean? Who knows? Who knows? What a time for a State of the Union address, huh? Oh, yeah. What a time for a Mardi Gras and a South by Southwest. I know. It's amazing, huh? It's, it's yeah. good, good times. Good times. Well, Henry. John. I don't know how to transition to the social media after talking about ukraine well i think let's just say uh to all the ukrainians who probably are not listening to this but if by chance you are you know we stand with you and uh we're not going to release this podcast in russia yeah we're well i don't know that we have any control over that but uh, sorry I, I tried my best i tried my best listen <laughs> here's what we'll do we are not going to release sonic the hedgehog 2 in russia Yes, we also won't release STH2. <laughs> yeah, we, we're we getting twos on the Sonic. No, no Sonic 2 in Russia if we have anything to say about it. Exactly. You know, as long you're, as... You're yeah. going to get Big the Cat 1. I would, I would watch it. Okay, you're going to get... Who is the robot in Sonic Adventure? Omega? You're going to get Omega 1. I don't know. I'd watch. You're going to get Shadow the Hedgehog one. I'd watch that. I'd, I'd watch them all. No. Yeah, there's got to be one that's not Amy good. Rose, I would not watch. I'd watch Amy Rose. Oh, well, then that's you. That's me. <laughs> that's me, baby. That's you, baby. And if you're me, is that a good segue? It'll do. It's not your best. <laughs> and if you're me, you uh, are on Twitter too much and while they're sticking you with needles you're on twitter and you're laughing at 
you're laughing at the Twitter while they're sticking you with the needles and then someone like post like retweeted a picture of like a streamer with boobs and then you're like I that that's not I don't like that <laughs> but you saw it because you're sticking me with needles you can send us a tweet uh two was that good no <laughs> two at zcpcwhj on twitter.com which sta- wait who's editing this week it's henry which stands for henry that's right uh, it stands for i don't know man i'm tired i all my energy is gone i'm just trying to find this one fucking tweet by this brand so i can drag them but it's impossible to find i'm searching on twitter they deleted the tweet by now this just makes no sense and if you find that tweet which has been deleted you can send it to us in an email in a little picture i've had to send a lot of pictures of my insurance documentation to people um so i know what that's like email is email at zero credits dot net i moved everything over to the new credit card so by us having this website you are getting me travel points uh we are on a litany of podcast services uh you are almost certainly listening to this podcast on one of those to name a few good pods pod chaser spotify and apple music if any of those platforms support likes ratings or reviews leave us one and make it good uh or bad if you hate us but i doubt you would have listened to this podcast for an hour and a half if you hated us but if you don't hate us i implore you to reach out to everyone in your life and let them know that a little podcast called zero credits podcast with henry and john uh has changed your life meaningfully in some way negatively who's to say positively certainly not but let them know and then let them experience it for themselves because like a little cube that you solve and then the cube you open you solve so you get the cube and then you solve the cube and you open the cube and there's hell inside (laughs) there's hell inside the cube uh if you want to give someone a hell cube tell them about the podcast because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive so tell a cube tell a rube and you'll be our favorite dube dude i've never i've never heard someone struggle so hard to just describe a hell cube dude it was really hard you I get mean, the just, cube just say hell cube like everybody knows what that is we've all seen hellraiser okay well next time i'll say hell cube all right and from everyone here, from the Hellcube Studio Apartment Studios, I haven't said that one in a while, we want to wish you a happy week. Neither of us lives in an apartment and never will again, unless something bad happens in our lives. Oh man, yeah. If I have moved back into an apartment, like, shit has happened. If I'm in an apartment, I'm divorced. Pretty much same. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Flash forward three years in the future. Both of us are divorced, still doing this fucking podcast. Why are you so mad about it? Because I don't want to be divorced. Oh, okay. Good point. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
I drank a lot of these beers.